0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Boom, we're on. And today's well, I've guest we've got Lee Marvin. How are you, Marvin? Yeah, thank you very much for having me, James. I'm Thanks for well, coming on, you. brother. Cheers, man. First and foremost, thanks for coming on the show. But we'll promote your new book straight away. Okay, born in prison, yeah, mad story. You've been on, lad, Bible. you've been yeah. on Sean Atwood a few times as yeah. well. Yeah, book out. Fair play, mate. I understand yeah. your story. I've watched a few of your interviews Thank from you, yeah. Born in Prison, addicted to crack, abused yeah. at eleven. Yeah, in and out of prison. Goes on and on. Yes, it, we'll get into it. But yeah. your book, where can people buy it? Um,
0: Amazon, it's all available on Amazon exclusively from Amazon um, It's doing really well as well And it's a really good read, great reviews and that so far um, It's got a good, good, quite good Good bit of tips in it You know, for trying to help you get clean and stuff A few things, what you can do to try and use yourself You know, if you've got a problem So it's got a good, it's
1: doing well Very dark life, it's no secret No And pain, misery, torment Kind yeah. of a tortured soul, would you say?
0: Yeah, I'd say that, yeah i'd say that yeah i've had a have had a fight to get to where i am today i appreciate my, my come up now
1: yeah but now you're here you're, yeah you're trying to do the right things you've got a book out so yeah you're sitting next to me mate so I am, something's yeah. fucking clearly something's working. Ticking, <laughs> I, I, yeah. before we get into all the madness now i always like to go back to the start with my guests yeah try and get a better understanding about you marvin okay. where you grew up how it all began yeah okay mate yeah so um i was born in hmp style which
0: is a women's prison up in Womslow, low cheshire um, to two drug, true drug addicts. Um, my mum was a drug addict and my dad was a drug addict as well. Um, I later learned in life that my mum, when I got the paperwork, um, it turned out that my dad, um, she never named my dad on the paperwork. So there was a reason to that, but we'll get into that later on. Um, I went in an orphanage, spent time in an orphanage from the prison. Um, my mum was being told I'd be given to two doctors if she would sign me up for adoption. Um, So she was very torn by that. I mean, and she was quite immature as well, because on the same paperwork, it states that she was asking them, can she send cards and letters and birthday gifts and would they get there if she sent them? Do you know what I mean? So she was quite immature. Um, So, yeah, she signed me away finally, and I went to an orphanage, what was quite strict. Um... I believe the babies was locked in a room at four o'clock and then not seen till the next day. Um, So that was quite tough knowing that. Then I was chosen by a Jamaican man and a Welsh woman. Um, The Jamaican man was quite strict. That's an understatement. He was kind of, I don't know. He was a bit mad to be honest with you. He he couldn't, he he could never be just a nice man. You know what I mean? He used to beat me a lot. I used to wee the bed. He'd beat me more for it, you know, I had this reoccurring dream that I was helping my mum mop the kitchen floor and it turns out that I wasn't helping, I was wee in the bed. So, yeah, I used to wake up with that struggle going on. Um, So that was quite tough. Um, Yeah, so my dad was a Jamaican man and he kind of went to town on me a bit growing up, rubbed my face in wee, uh, beat me a lot. And I remember going to school and like having accidents in school and having to come home from school with my underwear in my hands and bleeding. Um, he'd go to town on me for that, you know. So, uh let me just wipe my face. Yeah. Yeah, my dad used to go to town on me quite a lot for no reason, you know, just daft things we in the bed there, asking to go out too much, you know. Um, But... It wasn't just me; he was beating. He was beating one of my my mum had a friend, a Scotch woman from the Garbles called Janet, and she had other kids. And he was beating one of their girls as well. Because I got told later on that the police got involved, and he got told that like, you can't be hitting kids. You know what I mean? So we chilled out a bit then. But I was always running away from home, running away as a kid. You know, I was a I was a lost little child. The first opportunity, I'd run away from home, try and get as far away as possible. I'd end up getting the police. The police would bring me home in a police car and take me back. Um, So my mum told me from very young that I was picked. So I used to think I'm picked. I used to pick berries and stuff and pick things up off the floor and say I'm picked. You know, that's how easy it is to pick something. I was always wondering what happened to my mum and dad, do you know what I mean? And there was whispers, but I can't remember when that I was born in prison, but I think that came when I started going to prison myself. So um, I started stealing from very young. I used to just go in the local newsagents and take sweetie bars and stuff. And the fella in the shop, he'd let me get away with it, the local newsagent. And then one day he told me, Dad, and my dad beat me. He went to town on me. And um, the fella never told him again. You know, I used to go in and still do it and he never said anything after that. Um, so I started, We there was a lot of petty crime on my estate you know people break cards broke stolen cards and stuff like that so I was always a bit of one pushing him down the road trying to get them started or my mates would try and start them on the canal so the police had always chased me because I was the biggest and I was the tallest for our age um so I was in a bit of my very young a lot but um I it never stopped me doing anything um I got to about eight years of age and I was going in and out of all the empty houses on my estate And I pushed this door over on an empty house and he was a fellow asleep there. And I ran off, went back the next day and um, he'd been glue sniffing. So I started copying what he was doing. And when I got this hit, it gave me this escape from like all my, even very young, even though I didn't know what like stress or anything was, I was too young to understand it. It gave me a quick release and just gave me this, like a breath of fresh air from all my troubles, gave me this escape what I needed. Even though it was wrong, I knew obviously glue sniffing and that was a wrong thing to do. It felt like the right thing to do because I wasn't happy in the world, just living day to day. So I chased the glue sniffers out of the houses, in and out of the empty houses and stuff, like find, watch where they'd go and then I'd go in afterwards. And then the gas came on the scene, butane gas, and I started doing the butane gas. So we was in and out of the city centre. Um, like I used to Petty thief as well, go in the shop, main shopping centres in the city centre and rob cars and whatnot. And we used to get caught, like me and this lad who I still see to this day, um, we still talk about it. I was getting caught very young for shoplifting and also was going to the red light area because that was right next to us as well. We'd watch all the working girls get to work and that lot. So um, it got to, I got to eleven, and we moved house, and we only moved a mile away, but to me it felt like another planet because it was over the canal and weren't really allowed over the canal. So I met this guy called Andy who lived in the flats opposite where where I lived, the big four flats, what opposite our estate, and um, he was about sixteen and. I had this games console and he, he said to me, I had games for it. So we went to his flat and went to his house and it was his mum's house and it, we were in his bedroom. I'll never forget it. And he said to me, I ain't got the games for it. My mates got the games for it over the way. So he took me over to this house and um, it was a man in his 50s. And he was, his mum was in the, in the, li- in the living room top of the as you go in his mum was like to the left in the living room and his bedroom was right opposite the front door and he just literally grabbed me and before I knew what he was doing he pulled me in the bedroom and he had this big wooden toolbox what he had behind the door and he dragged it behind the door and he just started licking me and stuff and was touching me and molested me and raped me anyway so um I got raped and I went home in shock, it was like I was hallucinating. I was it, instantly, just like it was, I was tripping again, I felt like I was tripping off the, the go. And um, because I wasn't allowed in the flats, I'd been told stay out the flats, stay out the flats, stay out the flats. And because it happened in the flats, I thought I can't tell my mum and dad because I've been in the flats. So I had to keep it a secret and I kept it a secret. Um, and I went home, I went to school the next day and it was mad because I just thought everyone knew. I just thought all oh, my mates are gonna start saying, Ah, oh, you was abused yesterday. I just thought everyone knew it was mad. You just think everyone's staring at you and everyone knows, like they can read it in your face. Um, so um I went home and I went home and he was at my mum and dad's house. He'd come round and said to him off, oh, Thanks your son for helping my mum the day before he went shot for my mum. Is it all right if he comes round helping regular like so my mum, mum's like, yeah, of course, and I'm like, all right. Then I'm just like in shock. Anyway, he literally he'd stand on his balcony and call, beckon me to his house. You know what I mean? It was just, a, or he'd come round to the house and say, I'm just taking him out for some deliveries, and that would me going to the like pits of hell. Um, so I used drugs from very young to can, to deal with that. Um, um, Tipex, I'm sniffing lots of Tipex, thinner in school. Robbing it out of all the teachers' chairs and n- nicking the gas and taking glue and playing up and petty theft and wagging school. Um, got to thirteen and I was already in town doing street robberies. Taxing had come around, so everyone was taxing everyone else, and um, even I got taxed. So all that started happening. I got arrested for robbery at thirteen. Um, got convicted for robbery at fourteen. Um. So then straight away, I remember then when I got arrested, the police officer, he said to me, if you was a bit older, I would kick the shit out of you for what you did. You know, I'd only robbed a cigarette of someone. My mate robbed a signet ring. So then I'm on the police radar then. Um, But by then we're already selling drugs. This woman on my estate said to us, you ought to start serving up for me. So we're selling from her house, from a little spy hole. By the time it's got to 14, I'm kind of avoiding that paedophile, even though he's still there and I know he lives there. I'm just kind of avoiding him and he's coming around, and I'm telling him to move and, and um, I just started thieving and going down the red light area and just pissing around really, just, just hanging around with all the wayward kids, you know what I mean? I just felt that was where where I was at home with the people who was troubled, the kids who the runaways and stuff like that. So I was always around the runaways and stuff and um, I was in and out of the clubs, the club scene had started then, acid house scene had started. So there was a nightclub on our estate called the Thunderdome. Everyone used to go to it. I was selling trips in there, whizzing there, the odd ease if we could afford it, you know what I mean? Obviously selling Snidees as well, if we could, you know. Um, going in the haciendas, selling bits of pills and whatnot, just trying to make a few quid. So that was that, Party life was ticking over, everything was good um, and then, one day there was this beautiful girl in a club, dancing with her and we're talking afterwards and that. And she said, come back to mine, we'll chill out. And I'm just dabbing whiz at the time. It's only like 17. And um, I'm never forget it, I'm sat in the living room. She said, have you ever tried cocaine? I went, yeah, 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 no. I tried it in a spliff and that, and that's all I ever did. It's only ching spliffs, that's all you ever heard was around then. And she bought a crack pipe in and that was me then. Straight away, addicted, instantly, loved it. Crack was just better than all the other drugs combined. Um, uh, quickly became a crack addict, robbed everyone around me, stole off everyone, borrowed off everyone. Um, just, just you know, as you do for drugs, um, committing petty crimes, city centre, in and out of prison. Well, my first sentence was uh, a robbery times two, some lads were selling smack on my estate. Um, two kids had come from another state serving up. And I knew he was in that house. Someone had told me he was selling. I went, nah, he used to buy weed off me. He's a Muppet. I'm going round there now. I walked round down the road, seen some lad, had a it down my sleeve, said, Yeah, lad, you want to come on the graph for me? He said, Yeah, yeah. Took him, knocked on this door, walked in, robbed these drug dealers, took the smack, took the money, took the bracelet off him and all that. And on the way out, the lad, but unbeknownst to me, had threw the machete in the back garden. So a day later I get knit for robbery, times two. And two of the lads had said um, that they'd been robbed in the house. Obviously they didn't say they were serving up and that. So I got a bail. I'm i I'm outside the new um, shopping centre, what near me, one day, smoking drugs in this house, and I see him going in the shopping centre. So I kick his legs from underneath him. And Put my knee to his throat and I'm like, why are you blew me up, you little shit? And anyway, he went straight to the police. I get remanded into custody, and I walk into Hindley Prison, and it was like a, it was like nothing I'd ever experienced before. I walked into a bare cell with a bed frame, no toilet, just a yellow piss bucket in the corner, and the windows was broken. Um, and it was like these cages on the window and it was like literally millipedes and spiders and insects on there and we had to shit in pieces of paper and fold up and push out the window Um very very tough no exercise fucking you had people sh- screaming ten cheesy bellends out the window and all that very very tough environment Um so I toughened up very quickly really Um, but living the life of a crackhead was just horrible just sh- horrible disgusting life I was an addict every time I got out of prison I'd commit crimes go back to prison get out do something else go back to prison um so I was doing that, getting, coming, going back and forth to prison, and um, I was hanging around in the, the gang-infested area, and there was a lot of gun crime around there at the time. I mean, Gunchester, Gunchester, Gunchester yeah, they, give, they, they, they gave it the name Gunchester, and it was the reason because the reason with that was because there was two gun ga- two gun gangs vying for a little small area, and it was just a main road separating the two of them. Not even a main road, a small road. So literally, they were just shootings around a mile radius of them two estates the all the time, you know what I mean? And we used to, like, try and earn a few quid off him, like, oh, can we get your customers and Mary rare? And some of them were like, yeah, yeah. But sometimes it wouldn't work like that. We'd be robbing customers and stuff. Uh, a couple of times it come on top for me, you know what I mean? Um, been shot before now. Got shot for fucking... Supposed to be selling for someone, not certain, not selling for them, and he ended up shooting me, you know what I mean? Um all my own fault, you know, I could have died that day, you know what I mean? Um a lad said to me, Do you wanna start selling crack for me? And I knew he was a gunman. I know he was a gunman. But I gone, yeah, yeah, yeah and he's gone, Don't don't not pay me or so I'll shoot you. <laughs> still took him and smoked him and kind of avoided him for a couple of days, but I seen him and then we, and he went, like, Marvel, there's a the money, man. I said I smoked him, you know what I mean? I'm going to be honest with you. And he went, nah, you took the piss. I told you, man. I shooting shoot it if you... So he gave me some more to sell for him, but I think he just did that to try and help me out, you know what I mean? And not to lose face and stuff. And I smoked him again so well deservedly, you know what I mean? The guy fucking pulled a big big 357 revolver out at me and shot me, you know what I mean? Where did you get shot? Um, <clears throat> right in my leg. Um, I was outside the club. What had happened was... Um, my mate, I'm in town, like I kind of avoided him for now. Then it's got to the weekend, and my mate said to me, I've just got some money here. I'm um, going to go and buy a cat. Do you want to take us to see who's got the best white? So I said, oh, "Yeah, will out getting a taxi with you? Have you got 80 quid to lend me? He's gone, nah, nah, I've only got 160. I'll give you 20 quid. And I thought, Shit, I can't pay him. Getting this taxi anyway, pirate taxi, kind of ducking down in the back. But these guys are nosy, innit? They want to know who's outside the club. The parts were outside this nightclub, and this guy's seeing me and gone, Blah, blah, wants want you in there, fucking hell. He's come out and gone, come here, I want you. And I thought, shit, man, I'm going to get shot here, man. I know it, I know it. I just thought, don't kill me, bro. And then he's just gone, come here. Took me around this corner. And he just went, pulled this big fucking long nose revolver out and just went, bang, bang. And the second shot just went, boosh, straight through my leg. And then... Um, I don't, I'm not sure if it dropped me or not. I can't remember if it dropped me to the floor, but um, I made it to the car anyway, and my mate's back from the car by then, and they're waiting for me like, and I've gone, oh, he's been shot, you know? And he's gone, what, you've just been shot? Jumps out of the car like an idiot and starts shouting, yeah. who just shot him, shoot me? And I'm like, yo, get in the fucking car. They are shooters, they will shoot us, you know what I mean? Acting like a fool, I thought, oh, my God, the guys are just going to shoot up this car in a minute. Anyway, he's jumped in the car. As he jumps in the car, the pirate taxi drivers pull the key. I said that before. Left the keys in the ignition and just ran off, yeah? Just see his dreads in the air flying fly like the so I thought, shit, man, we're in the car. Look, these keys are in the ignition. Gone to me, mate. Get in. Let's go. So he's gone, where are you going, MRI? I've gone, nah, man, let's go to town, smoke a few pipes first. He's on your mad you, you know what I mean? you just been shot. I thought, like, oh, fuck it. I'll just do like Rambo. I've been watching a few Rambo films in a way. He gets a ribbon and ties it round it and all that. I just thought I was Rambo, just being a dickhead, basically. Gone in this nightclub toilets, um, started smoking crack, and obviously my heart's pumping faster, so the blood's coming out of me faster. And uh, I'm in a women's toilet. And the air dust there, ah, and there's blood everywhere. And I look and I see all my handprints all over where I've been messing around. And um she goes, Oh, you fucking hell, what's going on in there? And I've gone, oh, I've been shot. She's You can't stay here, go to the hospital. So my mate, the bouncer, one of the bouncers has got a black bag and put it on his, his car seat and dropped me off at there, And I blagged him for 20 quid on the way. That's how bothered the boss about it, you know what I mean? Like a normal sane man would be like glad to be alive, but I was, I was thinking of where I'm getting a nice crack from. Do you know what I mean? So I get discharged. I discharge myself after like they clean it all out and they put like a big Tampax in my leg. So that was my party trick then. I was going around saying, hey, do you want to see this? And I was pulling this big piece of cotton wood in, what they put right through my leg, pulling it from one end of my leg to the other. That is party trick blagging people for money showing them a party trick yeah just like raging crackhead style
1: um you probably feel let down a lot in your life but seeing that fucking sex case is manipulating yeah just yes. supposed loved ones because i had a man on who was abused with a guy called barry Bunnell, who's just actually passed away yesterday well, yeah. fucking sex case that. yeah I had an undercover paedophile on. The guy worked 20 years undercover yeah. pretending to be one. Wow! And what happens is he says they don't just target the kids, target the parents, yeah. the weak links, yeah. manipulate them first. Yeah, well, a lot of these cunts go on dating websites or um, Facebook, and you know, they'll target parents, single mothers, wean yeah. <coughs> themselves in for a year two year and then target the kids. Yeah, wow. Did you feel, how let down did you feel when this cunt's sitting in your, in your living room was it your you stepmother So was it your foster my, parents, my
0: adoptive parents? Yeah. yeah. At
1: the time, um, I didn't
0: really think much about it because I didn't really feel I didn't know the, the what was wrong in it. I didn't really see the wrong in it. Do you know what I mean? I just, I just thought he was a flair, a friend who was like fucking doing stuff to me. You know what I mean? I didn't think of it. I didn't understand. It. I was too young. One, I? I was too young to figure that out. Um, when did you figure it out? Well, I got to about thirteen, fourteen, and then. I was fuming and I was dead angry. I started getting angry thinking, what was he doing to me? But because I was embarrassed, I didn't want to tell anyone because I was embarrassed. you know what I mean? Because I felt, blame myself. Um, I did, I blamed myself. Uh, And then he died in the end before anything ever happened to him. His mum died first and then, but I was avoiding him by then. And then he died. And when he died, I felt like I wanted to do so much. You know what I mean? It was like one of them, should have, would have, could have, wish I would have done this, wish I would have
1: done that. Do you know what I mean? But I regret. And regret, But then yeah. again, you been on the crack and getting older, you'd have been filled with more hate and rage, possibly yeah. sitting next to someone in fucking prison doing a life sentence.
0: Yeah, I would have been. Million percent. You know? Million percent. Million percent. Because I was getting that way. I was doing robberies in town and thinking... It's not hard, you know, to fucking do di- damage to people. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. petty thefts off people and all that. I was thinking, you know what? You can break the law, you know, like you can do things like that. I was starting to just, starting to feed that little tiny seed in my head about what I should do. How am I going to get, like, get it back or should I front it? I think mean, it's just too late.
1: You know what I mean? When was the first time you spoke about
0: that? Fucking how about 35, 40 years of age. Probably later. Probably yeah. to Samwith, Neil Samwith, I think I spoke to first, never told anyone.
1: How was that, speaking
0: about it for the first time? <sighs> kind of cathetic, really. Is that what you say, huh. Um, Felt like uh, I was just, because I told, I told my girlfriend, but I'd never gone into detail about what happened. I just told it like I was abused as a kid, you know what I mean? Don't need to know what happened, you know. Um, but yeah, when I kind of let the cat out of the bag, it was kind of soothing. But at the same time, I feel that like it's not it's not me who should be keeping secrets because I was the victim. So it's like it's like the the abusers winning. If I feel I've got to keep a secret, do you know what I mean? Like it's me who's got to suffer. I suffer with the secret keeping it a secret. So if I let it out, I believe that I'm letting the poison dissipate, you know what I mean? That's how I'm looking at it, yeah.
1: Yeah, each your life.
0: Yeah, so I'm just trying to get it out there, you know, just to let it fade away. What happens then after you get shot? After I get shot? What age were you? Um, About 25, 26. Um, after I got shot, I didn't give a shit, I just carried on. Completely just, lost? Yeah, just stayed in the ghetto. <clears throat> um, buying drugs off people like Daryl Laycock, stuff like that, you know. Shout out to Daryl. Shout out to
1: Darryl.
0: Shout yeah. out to Sam as well. Yeah, shout out to Sam, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, buying crack, hanging around the back end of the gangs. Did you ever look for your mum? I was scared to. I, I, I was scared to look for her because I'd always promised my adoptive mum I wouldn't go looking for her until she was dead for some reason. But my mum always said to me, Ma, if you're the lost little boy, you, you need to go and look for your mum. Go and find out who you are. But I never wanted to because of um I just felt I felt it'd be wrong if I tried to look for her while. My mum was alive. And it was funny I should have. I should have long before. Because what happened was is I started working with um this prison prison team. And this woman started working with me. But she started doing a bit more than she should, really. I could tell she was trying to get into me a little bit, but I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if you were just being friendly or she was, like, something else. Because I got moved prisons and she started sending me money when she shunned off. And she um, started saying to me, like, what are you going to do when you get out and stuff like that? And I'm like, me, I'm just thinking about where my next pipe's coming from on discharge. You know what I mean? I'm not thinking about anything else. And um, she starts uh, sending me money and stuff like that. Then Before I get out of jail, she says, oh, I can get put on your licence as a condition, licence, so you can come and see me once a week. So I go, oh, that's cool then, twice a week. Um, and then she says to me, um, what are you going to do for work? So I said, I don't know. So she said, do you want to earn £100 a day stripping the walls in my house? I live right next to Old Trafford Football Club. So I'm going to this woman's house Stripping the walls, stripping the walls and um, getting hot and sweaty and stuff like that. And I'm taking my top off and stuff. And like, I can tell that she's wants it sort of thing, but she's not my type, not my cup of tea. And I wouldn't prostitute myself out to her, you know what I mean? Because that's what I felt like I'd be doing if like, I sold myself to her. Because I wasn't attracted to her in any way. Um, so, Jane, she's got a schoolboy son in the house as well and she's trying to seduce me in the house and... I'm trying to avoid it and stuff like that. So she's giving me hundred pound every day and it gets to New Year's Eve and I'm riding in the city centre. And um, I see this guy and I hate his guts. Like he's got his girl, he's got his... um, Every girl he's ever been with, you'd seen him as a prostitute, he's had him as a prostitute. His sister's a prostitute, he's had her on the game. I used to see him bullying her for money. And like I seen him with this young girl, and I walked over. While well, I was on the, my bike, I read over, and I went, "Yo, what are you doing with her? You better leave her alone, you." And he went, "What? I'm not doing that." And I went, yeah, "I don't know what you're up to, you. You fucking putting on that game. And if I see that game, I'm gonna smack you all over. You'll know, riot, you." And I've gone, to do hey, be you?" And she's gone, hey, "Who be you? Proper attitude, like proper cheeky." And I've gone, hey, chill out. I'm only trying to help you." Yeah. And um he's gone in, into the. So I spa and I start speaking to her. And I'm saying, What are you doing with him? He'll get you on the game him, you know. He's a bad, like a bad man, him. Even though I was a raging crackhead, you know what I mean? It just wasn't my style. Or I wouldn't put girls on the game and all that. I wouldn't dream of doing that. I knew he was, so I was like, He's gonna get you on the game, him smoking crack and everything. She went, Nah, not me, not me. And this girl's come over who knows me and gone, no, Oh, he's safe him and all that. Give him a number anyway. And I keep thinking about her that evening. And then... Um I phoned her up and she starts crying. Burst into tears and went, He's just battered me. So I went, Where I She went, I'm in the gay village. So I've ridded down to the gay village on this BMX. And um, he'd gone in a bar, I wanted to bounce with me, and he went, Ma, just leave it, man, just sort it out and that. So I took her to my friend's house, lived in Hume, sat with her, talking to her all night, um, telling her to try and get away from this guy, you know what I mean? And like I there was a connection there to her straight away. You know what I mean? I felt, I felt like her energy straight away, I could tell she was struggling. So I bought her a top up and all that, and said to her, "Look, if you need me, ring me and all that." So the next day she rung me and she burst into tears again, I think, and said, "Look, he battered me again, levered me." So I said, "What?" So I went, "Let me see if I can get you somewhere to stay." And I was only staying in my niece's house, like my niece had a spare bedroom. Homeless. Um, nice. Yeah, I was homeless, yeah. My niece had a spare bedroom, and um, it was one of them. I said to her, do you want to put this girl up in my room? She could stay in my room, you know what I mean? Um, it's not as if like she's struggling, like she's had trouble at home with her mum and dad and all that, like, she's got nowhere to stay. So she's gone, nah, I'm having no fucking... Smackheads and all that yeah and i went nah she's not on the drugs or anything she's clean and she's only young she's your age and my, my niece was like 19 at the time and um so i knew he was close in age so i thought like sweet so um i brought her down to my niece's house and thankfully we was getting on really well but this woman in 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 um, uh, who worked for the prison was up in a game of seduction seduction she um Every time I sat down, she'd come and sit next to me. Or oh, like I went upstairs, I'd hear I dared have followed up my stairs and start messing about in the bedroom and stuff. And I thought, fucking hell, she's a giant idiot. But because she's paying me every day for ripping the wallpaper, I don't want to rock the boat, you know what I mean? I'm thinking it's sweet, this. So next, I go upstairs to the toilet and she follows me up, do not she? And then I go, I go, just go in the bathroom and the door opens and she just, I don't know, yeah. She comes in and throws her lips on me. Going into the bedroom. I mean, she throws her lips on me, and I think, shit! I just freeze like that. I just that was it. She said to me, um, "This up here. What do you reckon about stripping that?" And she pointed to something and next to me. I looked up and I turned around. And she just started necking me. I thought, shit! And I froze. I was like, I froze on the spot, and she jumped back and went, "Oh, I'm so sorry. That was so unprofessional of me. I shouldn't have done that." you know, put a proper scene on, and I thought, oh, this might go all right, this now. She might start treating me a bit better now. Now she knows I don't want that with her. She turned on me, man, she would switch her. She turned into a monster, started slamming doors, like looking me up and down and all that, proper switched on me. She had her office in the front room, right? So she more or less lived in the back of her house. The front room was her office, all piles of paperwork. She just was running. Slam the door, all the paperwork would fly everywhere. And I think, "Whoa, she's proper angry at me. Yeah. So my niece had a boyfriend, He's dead now, God rest his soul, killed himself in prison a few months ago. Um, my niece's boyfriend going with me and i knocked on the door and she's opened the door. And she went, who's this? And I went, I've just brought my niece's boyfriend to help me do the stripping. She went, I didn't let him tell you to bring anyone to this house. She got me recalled to prison. She told me probation officer. Oh, I can't work with him. He's this, he's this, he's that. I'm, I'm sat there one day at home next next minute. The police come knocking and nick me, breach of, my, breach of my license conditions because of her. she breached me on my bail. So I'm back in custody then. So How long for? Nine months I go to prison for. And within that nine months, I get to know Kira. And um, she starts telling me stories about She started telling me stories about what's happened to her in the past and stuff. So she broke down in tears and told me that um, that guy who she was with, he'd been beating her up since she was 15. And then not only that, he'd been like doing like uh, bad things to her. Like he'd been been doing a a monster, you know, he was a monster. He was a sex offender. And when I, I was in prison... And she said to me look man, i've got something to tell you like um he's not only been beating me up like he's been like forcing me to have sex and he was forcing me when i was 15 as soon as she said that i said you know what girl he's a sex offender you need to get him locked up because no man can go with a girl at 15 he's 39 arms. he's a nonce he's a nonce sex offender just because you You've rolled into 16, 17 now, because you've been with him a few years. That doesn't mean it makes it any better. He was still a sex offender when he was with you. When he knew he was 15, please go to work, because she was working with this um, child protection team, because they'd already been on her, because they know that he was an animal. She'd been around him for a while. I didn't know. And it turns out that he'd had other girls in his house. He was runaways and he was forcing other girls to come round to his house and all that so when she told me that and she was away from him I begged her to get him locked up I said listen and she went no no because it's grassing." and I went it's not grassing girl that's the that's the thing you don't understand you not grassing sex offenders it doesn't work like that and they're not criminals they work they live on different wings to us they build prisons for sex offenders so prisoners cannot get to them because when we get to them, we eat them alive like a piranha on a fish. So we had to convince her that they don't live with us there on a separate wing. You know, the sex offenders, it, there's no such thing as grassing a sex offender. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. So I convinced her to um, report him and. He got six and a half years, so he was doing a lot of naughty things, okay? And that was with a deal and all that, you know what I mean? That was with him not not going guilty for some of the worst charges. So uh, I was still an addict though, and I'm trying my best, you know? I'm trying to live a straight life. I'm trying to, trying to earn money for crack and then go home at night, or go home after a couple of days and um try and live a normal life, try and not smoke crack and walk my dog and stuff like that. And uh at the time I'm, I didn't I didn't I didn't know whether I wanted to live or die. I kept thinking, is death easier than life? I was questioning that a lot. And um I didn't know whether I didn't know whether it was worth living or not. There was a lot of people dying of um overdoses and stuff. A lot of people die in the drug game. Your friends are dying regular, you know? Especially those who inject and stuff like that. You see a lot of people go, you know? And I was thinking, wow, is this how I'm gonna die? Like, am I gonna die of an heart attack or the crack and stuff like that? And I kept thinking to myself, Marv, like, you've got to change, you've got to change. You know what I mean? And my bird's family, like, obviously, she'd got back speaking to them. They were safe with me, my bird's dad, like he treated me like a son, you know what I mean, and he knew I was an addict even, like, and him, um, he trusted me implacably and stuff like that. And he was dying of a terminal disease, so watching him, watching him have a terminal illness, and watching everything kind of crumble around me, I felt like it was I was duty bound to try and do my part and get clean, you know what I mean, and I struggled fought the crack, tried to get clean, doing normal days, having days off and then going back, waking up the next morning, seeing a bit of cig on the floor and being triggered by it and, or somewhere, walking town and someone had gone, There's a there's a phone number there and it a piece of crack wrapped up in it, you know what I mean? And set me off again. Or like, the, the thought, I'd just get the better of me and I'd just want to smoke crack and I'd just climb windows or climb walls to get to it. And, um, I was... I wasn't happy. Are um, you suicidal? Uh, I want not suicidal. I felt like it was going to kill me anyway. I felt like I was going to die at any minute.
1: Yeah, smoking crack is basically fucking yeah. self-arming. Yeah,
0: self harming. Yeah, I was putting bigger pipes.
1: Any sort of drugs you're taking, self harming.
0: Yeah, I was putting bigger and bigger pipes on.
1: How much were you we smoking a day?
0: Anywhere from a one to to seven, 800 quid a day. Whatever I made, I'd smoke on crack, you know what I mean? As much money as I made and I was grafting all day.
1: Um, what happened when you were in the jail? Were you going? Were you going clean? Or loved it in the jail. Loved it. How many sent? You? many times you get the jail? 20-30 times, times. Yeah. I What's your biggest time. sentence?
0: For Got a four. Done three year. One month off for of four for selling drugs in Moss Side. Got nicked on a drug operation in the end in Moss Side. Why did you enjoy prison? It felt like home, James. It felt like home. I was born there. Do you know what I mean? I was born there. It was my place that, you know what I mean? I'd go on the wings and everyone would be like, yes, Marv's back on the wing, you know what I mean? I'd walk on the wings and like the old jail, like the wing would be banging because Marv would come back on the wing because it'd just be a buzz, you know what I mean? Like backflips off the landings and jumping in the dryer and fucking having the wing firing and selling drugs and all that and just mad ones selling furniture. You know what I mean? snotting subutex and fucking smoking weed and sub-utechs, getting throwovers man. and Tem and all that. The t- northeast Temis, Tem Boy, they was they was flooded the jails them years ago, Tem Were
1: you're not a debt collector in prison?
0: Yeah, I was a debt collector as well. Yeah. I used to nip around and get the debts for the people, you know what I mean? Um not something I'm proud of that though, really, James. It's just just necessary, isn't it? It's a very, very tough price, prison. People on the out won't really, won't really relate. Yeah, a fucking debt collector, but you know, when someone owes someone a wanna and they don't really want to pay it and they need convincing, I'd go in and convince them. Do you know what I mean? And uh, they'd be, I'd have ways of making them pay, you know? What would like, you? Just scare them, you know what I mean? Just threaten them, threaten to like take. Just, just threaten him to do something, you know what I mean? Seems heavy on your heart that you've done that. Yeah, it was very heavy, yeah. It was hard. Hard having to do that. Now in retrospect, you know what I mean? Scaring people and that, you know, like, but you've got to pay your bills or she's just going to get hurt, you know what I mean? Or
1: Because I see the sadness in you, bro. I yeah, see it. Yeah. And, like, being an addict and being everything you through, I can understand why you were angry, I can understand why you've done bad shit to try and survive. Yeah. Because you're angry at the world, you feel let down, you feel lost, you feel yeah. alone. Yeah. And that's a horrible place to be. Is. Where's my mum? Where's my dad? Why yeah. did they not love me? Was it me? Yeah. What did I do wrong? Yeah, The constant it. questions, the constant darkness, the yeah. constant trying to get away from the pain. That's it, yeah. I'd done a homeless documentary and it was like a world within a world. After about three, four days, I actually felt homeless. I actually yeah, felt well. at when I was waking up in the morning, I thought. Is this a dream or wow. I've actually lost my shit? Wow. I'm starting to think. Yeah, wow. Is this? Am uh, I homeless? Yeah. Well. Because it's the, the you don't sleep. It's like every oh. twenty minutes, little yeah, bus. Because yeah. I was always on edge. Yeah. Of somebody fucking tried to plug me yeah, when I'm sleeping. Or, yeah, yeah, And it was just it was it was a horrible feeling because yeah. even though I was doing it seven days, I felt what if people forgot about me? Yeah. Where's my family? Yeah. Is this a dream? Or is it real? Or That's it. And it's scary to think if I was feeling alone. Even though I was going home after seven days yeah. at Christmas, how it, would it be for somebody who's been on the streets for twenty years, yeah, that's thirty it, yeah. years, yeah. who are alone, not yeah. got anybody to turn yeah, to, it, yeah. not got anywhere to go on Christmas Day? No, that's it. Yeah, it's a horrible place. Life yeah. sometimes, and yeah, of course, it's also a beautiful journey. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a mixture of emotions. Life, if we're honest, mm-hmm. but it takes us on so many journeys, but. Mm-hmm. I can see the struggle in your eyes. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. I'm not going to yeah, sit course, here and yeah, bullshit course, you, and, course, a, and yeah. it's totally understandable. Yeah, but don't forget how far you've come into what you're doing now. Yeah, of course. See when you you think about the past as well. Does yeah. it play a burden on your heart? Can do. Can not can just do. the stuff that people's done to you, but the stuff you've done to others. Yeah,
0: both. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I've there's a. There's a memory wall in near. A, there's an office next to strange and it's got pictures of everyone who's died in drugs of prison and on the street and my god it breaks my balls what looking at it because i see loads of faces of a no and i know i gave him spice and i know i was smoke crap with him and i know I used to have a buzz with him and i know i sold him spice in jail and just think well, wow i wonder if i killed them people do you know why I mean? do you think you're still alive to do what i'm doing now to spread the word that. No matter what you've been through, you can been through the worst of the worst. You can you can make it through and turn it around anytime you want. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, um talking about that burn before want me on my back. I, that burn on my back gave me so much trouble as a kid. Cause I think to myself, Who's burnt me? He, what did I do that wrong? Was I that? I don't know, was there, was there something wrong with me? Why Why would someone put a cigarette on my back? It
1: looks like a cigar. Mm. It's a big bun, it's not a cigarette yeah. bun, it would be a wee.
0: Yeah. Uh, big it's, a, it's a stub big out, bun. innit? Yeah, I I, stub I, out.
1: It's not somebody's skimmed you, it's been...
0: Yeah, it's proper put out, yeah. it. That's what I mean, yeah. And that's what I mean, my mum, my adoptive mum always said, Marv, I never burnt you, love, it wasn't me. You know, she called me Marvin. and she put Lee at the beginning of my name but she never called me Lee, no one ever called me Lee, only police, everyone calls me Marvin, because my birth mum called me Marvin. Um, so yeah, I used to question, he burnt me with the cigarette a lot. And um, that that's hard to deal with. And I've never been able to solve it, you know what I mean? Because when I went searching for my mum, we just adoption agency, worked with him for years, man. Um. She said to me, right, I'm going to open your adoption file for you now. You officially open it. Went away buzzing. She phoned me up and said, I've got some news coming on Tuesday, so what? And then she went, she was sad and I was buzzing, me and my bird thinking, well, I'm going to meet my mum soon. And she went, I've got, I'm so sorry, yeah. And just passed me a piece of paper. And I thought, what the fuck's this? And it was my mum's death certificate. And she went, I'm so sorry, your mum was dead. Uh, I couldn't tell you before, you know, there's the reason, and there's when she died. She died within weeks of my, my adoptive mum dying. So she died weeks apart. 2003, years before, you know what I mean? I'm thinking, no, within weeks of them dying together. Do you know what I mean?
1: Even so though I, you never knew your mum, did you still feel heartbroken because of yeah, not unanswered questions? Yeah, plunged,
0: plunged me into depression, James. I never knew what depression was until that happened. Because I sat there with, with headphones on, and I was just blanking the world. I didn't want to speak to Kira. I had my dog next to me and I just felt like, uh, I didn't want to deal with anyone. I just had enough of everybody. I didn't want to deal with anyone. I didn't want to talk to no one. And my, my missus is going, what's the matter, you? didn't even know her. And you know what I mean? She's mamming it. So so I can remember my, the last time my mum held me in her arms and I've said it and I will say it in every podcast and I can. Um. It's somewhere in my memory bank here, in my brain. Every time when I say it, I remember it here, but I don't know if I was looking there when there was a baby looking up. I don't know what it is, but somewhere in my psyche, I can feel the last time I was in my mum's arms. You know what I mean? I can feel like the distressing energy and it's never left me that, you know? Um. So that energy, I can feel that a lot.
1: How old was she when she had you? Teenage, 17,
0: 18.
1: And what was she in prison for?
0: Theft. Theft. It said she was doing. I think it was nine months. I've said six. It's was six or nine.
1: Um, while you pregnant? Pregnant? Yeah, heavily so she pregnant. She was out stealing to try and survive, basically.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Um, she was out heavily pregnant. Um, and then she got nicked for theft. And then my dad was in prison as well. Because I've, spot. I've heard since that they was both in custody when I was born um but my mum was an escapee from a woman's prison in london that's that that's what my birth family have told me my mum was an escapee from a prison in london that's why she went up south she was up there so obviously she had me adopt um she had me in style wimslow cheshire and then went back to london then and then signed the signed the adoption fa- paperwork but it's a one it's a weird one because like i say i've met this guy who's claimed to be my dad since and he said to me it was a good thing you never came to london because you'd have been dead so i said what do you mean he went eh, one day we was all taking drugs in this house we was in so and so's house and we was all smashed out of our heads and she had a baby in a cot and he said, we was all gouging and the baby was dead in the cot. And I picked the baby up and the baby was blue. This was his words. Picked the baby up, the baby was blue. I told everyone in the house the baby was dead. That would have been you. That's what he said to me. And I was like, wow, fucking hell. Whose baby? This is what I mean. He, my my dad, when I met him, said that I would have been that dead baby if that was me. Because this is what happened. He, years before... He'd been in a drug house with my adoptive mum. I mean, with my birth mum, sorry, my real dad and my... and he was taking drugs in an house, and the the woman in the house had a baby, and he what he said the he woke up and the baby was dead in the cot, and he picked the baby up blue, and he went that'd have been you, no.
1: He's just made that up to make. I've got a clue, a, James. If he made it it's up for that, that's
0: what he said to me. He said, "Lucky, you because that'd have been you." How said you how did you come across him? Well, my aunties, um, I'd still been in contact with, not been in contact with him, but I think he turned up at my mum's funeral, uh, summit, when my mum died many years before. So I think they still had his details and his number and whatnot, and um, they contacted him. So cut a long story short, I'm sat there with him, and he starts telling me that uh, he used to, Call my mum every name under the sun for giving me away. I used to call your mum every fucking name under the sun. And I've thought to myself, why though? Is that a good thing? Is that something you're proud of? Calling my mum for giving me away, you know what I mean? Like she must have been traumatised enough without you fucking pounding her head, you know what I mean? And um I don't know if he's my dad to this day, because what happened was the first very first time I met him I'm on the phone. He's on the phone. Our first ever meeting, just me and him talking. And he starts talking about Valium to someone. And I know that I can get Valium, you know, on the counterfeit mile near Strange way Prison. Um, so I just start convers... I don't know what to- else to say to him, basically, James. I just can't think of anything to say to him. And out of conversation, I just say, um, yeah, you know, you can. I can get them them valleys cheap near me. Oh, can you, son? Oh, can. You? Oh, yeah. Get me some. Get me some. Fucking, phone me up a couple of days later. How are you? All right. Yeah. Have you got them tablets? You got them tablets. On the way to getting them tablets, I lost twenty quid. I knew that earth or the energy was just gonna go foul. I just knew something was gonna go pear but I let it happen, and um, it got into me on his compound in the gardens, what, my auntie's got a house, big house in the compound. He's got in the compound, went in the toilet, got smashed out of his head. Come sat back down in the garden with me and Kieran and started telling us that he used to force guns to women, in women's mouths, and he put guns to women's throat to force them to get, take drugs and forces them onto the beat. And he was a cunt back in the day, and he still got women now, and... And he was telling me and my girlfriend these stories, my carer after, and he knows what she's been through. And Kara just stood up in disgust and walked off. And he went, oh, fuck, you know, I shouldn't really have been saying that type of stuff to shut should I? And I went, not really, no. And anyway, he's supposed to have come for a DNA test and he just let me down. He's supposed to have come to my auntie's office for a DNA test one day. Went to the office, I waited for him from two, three, four, five, six, seven. Never turned up. I felt like a little kid again, a little boy waiting for his dad. Do you know what I mean? He abandoned me again. To this day, I I do not know if that man is my dad or not because he never turned up for the DNA test.
1: Do you want him to be your dad? No,
0: I don't really. I don't. The only reason I wanted him to be my dad is because he told me he's got a son and a daughter who are 10 years younger than me. And apparently they don't want to meet me until they know that he's definitely my dad. So, so. DNA with you two then?
1: It? But I
0: don't know who they are and never know who they're going to be because he's fucked me off now. He's just swerve me now. Um, you never know so. who's
1: watching if you want to say his name. I don't want to say his nah. name.
0: It's no I don't even know his name, to be honest. I don't know. He gave me two names. I don't know if his name's Eric or George. There you go. To be honest to God, I don't know if the man's called Eric or George that's what he told me two names so to this day i you've never i've never found out if what his real name is so
1: see so you coming from the broken home and you're in a crack den and you're being shot and you're and out of prison see when you were lying mad with it did you ever just wish your mum or your dad would come and yeah. take you and say everything will be okay yeah,
0: that's what i always thought would happen i always thought that um i'd be swept up and everything i'd be happy ever after i really did believe that you know what i mean um I always thought that. I always knew that everything what I do was come back, c- comes back round. You know, this this big karmic wheel that we all have to bear. So I knew all the badness so what I'd done had come back round, but I'd never done anything bad enough to cause this. You know what I mean? Have such a traumatic life. You know do you what I mean? have a
1: question: Why me?
0: Yeah, of course. I question that a lot yeah but now i feel like i've been blessed by giving the opportunity to spread my story
1: because it's not your question why did they let me go why did they not fight and yeah. protect me but can you understand why your mum did give you up when you yeah. kind of went down that same path like yeah. can you imagine being a father yeah. you on the crack and
0: yeah and uh, i can understand why she did it yeah especially ease the pain a bit it does yeah especially because I met my dad as well and he's still on drugs and that and he's still on the crack and he's still on the smack and that. And if he's talking
1: about a dead baby then... I know. It could have been you. It
0: could have been me, yeah. That's what I mean. I don't think he was lying when he said that. You know what I mean? I don't think he was lying. I think he meant every word. And then when he started saying that, he used to get at my mum for giving me away. I kind of made me cringe with him, you know what I mean? I kind of... You know, like... Why would you do that? You know, but like I say, I'm playing kind of probably blindly bleeding, loyal to mum. You know what I mean? I don't don't want what I hear nothing wrong said about it. You know what I mean? When it, you know, where probably there's a lot of things to be said about her Really, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, because you don't know what she went through her life and her upbringing and you do being in prison and being a runaway as well and trying. Well, to give she your never son she away. never
0: lived after that though. She never lived after giving me away, James. She never married. She never had a relationship With proper. Other kids? No, no other kids, nothing. Every photograph I've got of her, she's just hugging other kids. Every single
1: photograph. Did she ever get clean? No. She never got clean.
0: I don't think she ever got clean.
1: Do you feel as if if you ever met her that you both could have got clean together? Is that ever a dream? That would have
0: been a dream, yeah, but I think to myself, if I would have met her while I was on crack, I'd have been smoking, I'd have been. Um, I think I think it would have just all been just a drug, a drug thing. It would have turned into a drug thing, you know what I mean? Because I was very kind with my crack me. Like if I made money, I'd just go and find someone to take and smoke with me, you know what I mean? Just give them pipe after pipe, fuck all. And then get bored of them, you know what I mean? Just fuck them off. Um,
1: when
0: were you at your loneliest? Um, at my loneliest. Wow. Um. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever felt lonely or not. I I questioned. I I I, I gave myself a very very deep question when I was young, and I said to myself, "Am either part of everything, and everything's part of me, or I'm part of nothing?" And I, I have to be a part of something because I can't be a part of everything, um, nothing. Do you know what I mean? I've got to be a part of everything. Like the workings of the universe i have got a tip for me because if they don't, I I'm, I'm, don't know what I'm here for. Do you know what I mean? Um, So I believe I've been put here for a reason to spread this message that no matter where you've been in your life and how low and how sad and dark it is, you can turn it around whenever you want. You can make things better you can tell yourself to that you can make things better you know self-talk is like having a conversation with the universe isn't it yeah so, so
1: man the words are powerful what yeah you are, you, you are what you speak and i always repeat that That's, stuff and yeah, so. if i can repeat it enough then maybe it will sink into someone just yeah. be careful what you're talking be careful what yeah. you're putting into the universe yeah. and your prime example no matter how what age you are how fucked up your past is you can make changes to better your life you can yeah. even though it's 20 30 40 years of wrong you can, can't
0: you james you, of course you, you can. don't you, even if he's 70
1: you yeah, can change yeah. Yeah. there's people 70 80 90 learning new languages running marathons exactly yeah it's all down to how you believe it and that's putting it. it into action action is so important because we can yeah. all talk shit yeah and we all talk shit all it, talk yeah. shit. that's yeah, my job is course, to talk shit And course, people, yeah. i feel as if why does people buy into my shit talk yeah. I genuinely do I think yeah. am i am not feeling everybody yeah. do you know what I mean but there must be something and I'm just I'm not trying to find all the answers and all the keys to all the locks yeah. I'm just trying to find enough that people can get something from it to then have a better life Yeah. and I'm working on that okay I've changed this changed this changed this changed yeah. this it's gave me a better life. I'm, f- I'm flying, but there's more to it. it is more there's more to it. It's a bigger it. package. There's more to yes. it you put on top of the
0: fucking omelette oh, yeah, of course. Nice. Yeah. Mine's not finished yet. My journey's not even started yet. I mean, I've just had to put my dad in a care home. The one who used to beat me as a kid. I've had to put him in a care home, but it's funny because before I put him in the care home, he was pissing and shitting and I'm having to clean it after he used to beat me for pissing myself. So when I used to wee the wee myself or wee the bed, I'd get a beating for it, but then I've got to find that, uh, I've got to find that compassion to treat him with respect and think oh, you know, clean it up for him and stay all right, dad, it's okay, don't worry, it's all right. You know, but it, to me, he'd be like, what are you done, boy? How come you piece of man, you stinking?
1: And that's what I'd get, you know what I mean? It's mad, though, how life goes full circle. You're yeah, born shitting yourself. Yeah. And you go out shitting yourself. That's it, yeah. It's crazy. Crazy, man, yeah.
0: So, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, crazy. So I've had to just, on all his family, because, like, I've never had a relationship with his family, really, because I was on drugs from very young, so they all kind of didn't want to know me anyway all his family had just left me to do every last thing myself but yeah it is what it is story's not over yet
1: um what's the worst thing you've seen in prison
0: i watched someone's head get squashed in a door dead in this just someone owed him a t- like, like i i lad was all the tenant off some kid the kid didn't pay it and the kid's gone in to sort it out and he had a little argument and he slammed the door on the kid's head on the way out he hit the floor Guy's head was in the door and he just went bang, slammed the door on the way out and just crushed his head in the door, he was dead. Shout, black blood on the on the landing. Um, I watched someone's head get smashed with, I, I watched a sink in Forest Bank get smashed with someone's head as well once. Like, oh, naughty, but naughty. The shout had gone up that like he was a nonce about three lads just went in on this fella and just smashed, smashed the sink big marble sinks in that forest bank
1: yeah if was, it was you off. don't you don't mind that but again that's a shout to put <laughs> out in <laughs> case it oh, wasn't imagine if it wasn't I've, yeah fucking hell because
0: that happens a lot as well um yeah i was I, you know what uh jail for me was quite um quite the experience i mean i got nick for insight in the writing strange ways once some one of my codees said to me man of course i'd seen what get his bird off the phone me like a dick. I picked up a metal stacking chair and started smacking it against the, the stairs. It's kicking off. Come on, let's go, lads. Hey. And thought, man, the panic alarm went. And I thought, shit. I was thinking in the back of my mind, was that like, me who's just caused that? So went behind my door, got up six o'clock in the morning, and I just I felt my ears getting risen like this. And I thought, someone's holding my ears. The old just got me and picked me up, marched me to the plot, charged me with, um. Attempting to incite a riot in rays of all things. Fuck, you know. 28, there he found the block below the paedophiles, <laughs> flagging them for cigarettes. It was murder trying to get a cig off them, all honest.
1: What's the worst thing about prison, Marv?
0: Your freedom. Your freedom. There's nothing worse than you just being there on with your thoughts um, and being away. Being away that you just can't get there. I mean, Strange Ways is the worst because you can more or less hear the nightlife of Manchester from Strange Ways. Um, Your freedom is what kills you the most. Breaks your heart.
1: Do you feel as if that was the first time you had a family when you were in prison? Possibly, yeah. That's so funny.
0: That's a strange way of looking at it. But yeah, I guess it was my family. There was my family in prison. I mean, I'd go to prison and the lads had searched me out like Marv get on here come on wing, come on here you know what I mean because it was the laugh the loudest and the fucking brashest and the is.
1: that's the weakest
0: yeah it is yeah it's the weakest yeah it's the one with the most hiding it? yeah it's the one hiding the most right
1: mm-hmm. do you feel it's, it's, it's mad because when you have addictions you feel like the loudness and the daftness is the mask the mask it's it once is. you actually start changing so I can it's walk into a room now I can I know yeah I know yeah you know I feel you know, it I know so, you know, I've been that clown, I've been the circus yeah, act. That's it, yeah. I'd have been best just joining the circus and yeah. I'd have been getting paid. Yeah. Because the laughed and the daftness and
0: the, yeah.
1: <clears throat> I don't give a fucking full Charlie yeah. and the drink. Yeah, it's all a mask. No, I'm, I'm it? broken. It's a mask, I'm scared, because you feel, you're getting fired in, people. you like I say, it's a circus act. Yeah. Big Marvel do it. Yeah, that's um, it. You do it. You're smashing up rights and, and, and Fucking the whole for months on worst. end and you think it's it's great. Yeah. Everybody's what a PC, but people just know yeah. that you're up for it. Yeah, you're getting it. used.
0: That's it, mate. Yeah, I know. I know. I quite I've quite understand that of the way life works, you know. When did that understanding start to come? Um quite recently, really. Uh but you know, I'm grateful for the journey what I've been on. I mean, I've been on some mad journey. Um I remember getting beat. Um, I remember a kid running up to me, smashing me head with a brick a few years ago, because he'd give me drugs to sell. I'd seen him the other day in town. It's funny, and he's like, wow, do you remember that drugs? I was like, yeah, man, it was just about then, wasn't it? I was bang at it. And it just felt like it was somebody else talking to him, you know what I mean? Even though this guy smashed me about with a brick, like literally sniped me, jumped out of a car and ran up to me and hit me out the head with a brick. I still fucking laughed with him and had a buzz with him. I just thought, wow, you fucking madman. Well, it's me who's the madman, isn't it? You know what I mean? For taking a whack around the head with a brick a few times for a bit of drugs. Um, and don't get me started on that drugs fucking issue because I've got a lot to say on that. I mean, they're keeping us, they're keeping people slaves to it, aren't they? Yeah. Keep by league, keeping it illegal and stuff. It's
1: the biggest organization, brother. The
0: biggest, man. The prison, private prisons, money in the prisons. Prison money slavery, man. Yeah, prison 40 grand, slavery. 50
1: grand inmates per year. Yeah. People working for buttons.
0: Working for two, three
1: pounds a day, aren't you? Yeah, slavery. Two pounds a day. Talk about slavery has gone. It's not slavery's gone. Slavery's still, still here. It's there. Man, you understand private life, prisons. Yeah. yeah, yeah man, they're making money off the weak, yeah. off the vulnerable addicts shouldn't have been in prison no they need help no drug addict should be in prison they need help no listen we have done bad shit we get it and we yeah, don't understand your yeah, story but yeah. 80% of kids who are it, who did I have one? 80% of kids who are in prison yeah. come from a broken home yeah 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 well that's it yeah and you know um you can't blame the drugs mate because it's everywhere
0: in it the drugs mm. are everywhere yeah. you know i mean when i started when i tried crack it was that brand new you couldn't it after 10 o'clock at night from my estate, I had to go and travel all, all over Manchester to buy it, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just the, you know, and that was just there people trying to earn a few quid off it and like the dangers of it, all right then, you can go and buy alcohol, which is danger. You can put alcohol on the table with weed and you show me which one's danger. You know what I mean? Every, 99.9 people are gonna say the alcohol's the dangerous one out there, but the, the cannabis is the legal one. It's funny, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Eh? You know, like you say, it's to all money, profits and business.
1: Yeah, man. Listen, alcohol is one of the biggest killers in men. It kills 40,000 every year. You've got cigarettes, you've got vapes, you've got everything yeah. that's... you've Even sugar. Yeah. Sugar's just as sugar's big as well. You can go down a rabbit hole of it, why it's yeah. there. But again, it's to suppress the human mind of thinking for itself. Yeah. Because if you're craving something, your free thinking goes. Yeah. And that's yeah. the sad thing. Yeah. When did you have a realisation... That you were fucking up, that your life was lost, you were a lost soul. I was on Spice. <coughs> what was Spice um, like? Fucking hell, Spice is like another planet, mate. Yeah, thank fuck, mate. I wasn't on it when Spice was about, my oh
0: God, man, that Spice was just something else, mate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm laughing, <laughs> mate, because I know fucking how fucking I, I was to lucky see?
0: as fuck, because I was in a cell with this scouser. Big up, what his name is, can't remember now. When it come on the wing, Spice. I got a big ball like, for this kid. He went, Marv, don't start doing it in, lad. Like, all these fucking Muppets on the wing, Like, Just put a tiny bit in and see what it does to you. And I put the tiniest amount in and sat there. And I felt my arms, like, Robo-copping, like... <laughs> That's what it felt like. My arms were just going... <laughs> you know, it's just, like, the blood rushing through your body. And I felt like robo like, wow, this is great, this fucking strong as fuck. And then... I'm getting it in the jail and um, I get out, and I say to my missus, fucking hell man, fuck the crack now. I'm smoking spice from now on. I've had enough of the crack.
1: Cheaper as well, huh?
0: Yeah, and I never ever touched the crack again. I smoked spice for about a year and a half, two years. still legal. Um, and it was cooking me from the inside out. I mean, I was I'd, waking up, I never knew what anxiety was. I was waking up with anxiety, like through the roof, just having a mad attack. Couldn't breathe, couldn't breathe, couldn't speak, just spinning around on my bed, burning up, like just sweating like buckets and buckets and buckets off the spice. And my missus is phoning ambulances and soon as the air is on the spice, I'm like, oh, fuck it, we're going. Honestly, they literally were just like, what's up, what's up? And she'd go, you smell that spice. I'd go, oh, fuck that, we're gone. And just leave you there and just go. Because they knew the spice was just giving everyone panic attacks. And you couldn't buy it in Manchester City Centre. So I was going to this shop on the outskirts of Manchester, saying to these guys, give us some testers, let me go and take it to Manchester and give it to boys to try. Fuck, you know. So they're giving me little grand packets. And then I, the more I'm getting into them, the more friendly they become in. In the end, they start selling me 20 gram, three grams of spice for £6.50, do you know what I mean? And it was labelled up at £20, so I can buy three grams for £6.50. So I was going every day and buying like 10 gram of spice, taking testers into town, giving people it, and going home and smoking the rest and acting like a lunatic in the house because it was that strong. I felt like my head was going to explode. Um, I stopped eating and everything else and I was going yellow then. And my missus was saying to me, Marv, that is killing you. That If any drug has ever been killing you, it's the spice. And I went, oh no, I've got to stop it. And then one day I just threw all of it in buckets of water and launched it. I never touched it again. And um, touch what? I've not touched anything again. Still
1: got, did, you ever,
0: did you ever go to rehab or any meetings? No, I went to NA. But me like a dickhead, I took crack to NA. So I was smoking crack in the toilets before I was going into the bleeding rooms, you know what I mean? So I felt bad about after the fact. Imagine how many people I triggered, that's what I used to think, you know what I mean? But it was the only place I could smoke crack. I was living with my missus and she walked me into a. So it was only three, two hours I could get out of the day, you know what I mean? Yeah. To go and get a couple of pipes. But you'll
1: get people who go to meetings to serve up.
0: Yeah, you will, yeah. Of course. Because it's,
1: it's, yeah, it's a fucking busy place. It's a fucking busy place, isn't it? Everyone wants see, drugs, It's it it easy to manipulate how was yeah. it coming off everything? It was quite easy, you know, to be honest. Um, what you on now? Nothing now,
0: just a legal weed prescription. That's for that's that? Yeah, that's all I take now, yeah. I don't drink alcohol or anything else. Any medication other than- Yeah, I'm on medication, what yeah. What sort of pain. stuff?
1: Because um, I can see it in your eyes. You can you can back kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You,
0: know, you can see it in my head and everything, yeah. I'm on pain, medications. Um, Where are, are you in pain? I've got a spine disease. Um, so, I've got to take this medication twice a day, otherwise I can't walk. I've got sciatica as well, so I get this excruciating pain down my legs. You know what I mean? So I'm on like 100 millimorphine, morphine tablets, which are very, very strong. They knock me out at night. Sometimes I can't even stay awake at night, which is a difficulty. But it's catch-22 because I've got a screaming pain all day. Or i to take the morphine. you know what I mean? It's built up I've, over the years. I didn't want to take painkillers. I, I was refusing them at first, and the doctors were like, look, you need to manage your pain here, you know what I mean? I just had a mad panic attack again. I have these all the time. Though. What's that with? I think it's the Spice. I've ne- they've never stopped since I've got- been on the Spice. Everyone <laughs> tells me, just take your coat off, but it's not as easy as that. Yeah,
1: do you want to open a window or anything? No, I no, it's all right. I'm good.
0: I gave them about 10 times a the day, these I've had since I started taking Spice. Since I started using spice, I get them about ten times a day at the minute. Just where I'm at like I'm in a swimming bath, just soaking up like that. How's I'm your live on finger the other day oh, sort How's
1: your anger and stuff?
0: My anger's calm. It's calm. I've never been an angry person, me. Um I can control that a lot, do you know what I mean? Like I'm not one for it in my misses and all that. I've never been a violence, we've not been into violence and all that. I've never done all that. Um so I'm quite calm in that respect. I think but yeah, I can turn on a penny, my finger can go through the roof very really quickly, you know what I mean? But yeah, I'm quite a calm person. I don't like hurting people, do you know? I've never been I've never been a, a hater, you know what I mean? I've always been like a lover type, you know what I mean, Jane? Mm-hmm. My missiles are tired, I've never hit her and all that, you know what I mean? Never used violence, it's not me. I'm, she wears the trousers, I don't. you, know. you
1: ever done therapy? Um...
0: I've talked to people about my problems, but I've never really got into it too much. This right. is my therapy, I think. Just
1: speaking like this.
0: Yeah, this is it, yeah. Because it's
1: a dark story, Marv. You know, man. know this yourself, it's dark, mate. I know it Born is. in prison, what chance you got? I know, Do you know what I, I mean? You know. That's the case of, where does a guy go from here? And then know. everything that you went through, you could understand if you were angry. You could yeah, understand if you thought, fuck this, I'm mm-hmm. taking cunts out with me. Yeah, I know, I know. Do you know what I mean? People have asked me that, why have you not
0: just gone mad down, gone sick? And I just it's just not in me to do that. You know what I mean? It's not in me to do that. Just not that kind of person.
1: You yeah. I mean? So how's life now?
0: Life's good now. Babies babies uh nearly four um health wise it's not good i've got a frontal low brain tumor you know what i mean what i get checked every year and they put this dye in my, my veins to see if the tumor's grown and if when it grows to a point where it's gonna pop and it's gonna do me and it is what it is but as you yet yeah, it's not done that yet do you know what i mean so every year i get that checked um the pain in my back is what it is, but just living day to day, you know what I mean? Happy that I've found all my answers of my birth family, got all the answers I need. Now I've got my family of my own to look after, you know what I
1: mean? A bit of closure with the family that you had.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, they've spoke to me and got got to know them a little bit and got to know my cousins and all that, which is nice, do you know what I mean?
1: How was it having a son? Did you ever, was it ever a worry that you could have ended up like your dad or your mum. Not yeah. to disrespect them, but yeah. you know what I mean? Kind of yeah, yeah. down that route of in prisons, an addict, having yeah. um, to give your son up.
0: Yeah, I've always thought that it would have went like that, but thank God we've never um, never been that, that way, you know what I mean? Um, I'm, I had a son when I was like 17, Um, never really got on. I wish I could link up with him again, you know what I mean? That's one of my biggest regrets, you know? Not connecting with my son being on drugs when he was growing up now I'm not on drugs now you know what I mean but now he's got a family of his own don't think he want to know me now but my new son my little four year old nearly four he's autistic. got his own little issues you know what I mean behavioral issues but we're just trying to give him as much love and attention as we can and affection
1: Um, yeah family's what it's all about how is that with having a son at 17 because it's a kind of same patterns as your mum
0: yeah, it was same.
1: Choose drugs over so family.
0: Yeah, yeah, and she went. She, he, he, he kind of um, sided with his mum. You know what I mean. He sided with his mum because she's there, though. Yeah, she's there. Yeah. So and this is
1: what people need to understand: single mothers, how hard that is, and we talk yeah. about masculinity and men mm, build the world mm. and men go and find mm, women in it. Majority of men are in prisons. The majority of men are homeless. The majority mm. of men are suicidal. Mm. But is mm. men ever a fucking been pregnant have That's ever it, raised yeah. a son or a You're daughter right. alone You're right. You're have right. ever breastfed every hour mm. hour and a half yeah. have ever trying to work two jobs while providing them for a family true, yeah. you talk about men being strong mm. women are stronger than men course, in my yeah, opinion mate. yes men have got masculinity and we need mm. masculinity i believe men are becoming soft as fuck mm. we need to grow a set of balls of but women on the other hand yeah they talk about men being strong The what women do to give birth is i can't, I can't How the body functions, how everything functions, and how the breasts grow to give milk, and how the the umbilical cord is feeding the the baby nutrients and then giving birth, and Mm. then having to feed the baby every hour, hour Mm. and a half, and the stresses that goes on their body, the energy it takes. I know, mate. Women are strong, man. And and as I'm learning that as I get older Mm. and understanding how birth and stuff works, it's it's, mind blowing, isn't it? It's unbelievable. And it's a blessing in life men and women need each other yeah but women are a lot stronger than what they, sh- yeah. they should get credit yeah, for yeah they're a lot stronger than
0: we give them credit for yeah, i like think that? so
1: <laughs> but does that play a massive part now that you're becoming clean and understanding yeah. life where but if does your son know your story
0: my which one my youngest your oldest oldest yeah my son knows it yeah he knows a bit of it yeah mm-hmm. mm, he knows a bit but I'll see if he come round to my way of thinking. I hope he does, you know what I mean?
1: Fingers crossed, man. You just keep doing what you're doing. And... Yeah,
0: that's it. Keep doing what I'm doing and plugging my story, you know what I mean? And hopefully he'll understand. He'll start understanding how hard it was for me, you know what I mean,
1: when he was growing up. Yeah. When are you at peace? Um, Have you ever been at peace?
0: I'm at peace with my son. When I'm next to my boys, I reckon I'll be at peace, both of them next to me, you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Hopefully. You think that'll happen? Yeah.
0: It'll happen. Mm-hmm. It'll happen soon enough.
1: How when the time's right. Yeah. When are you? at your happiest. Um, uh, can you enjoy happiness with the medication you're on and the pain that you're in? Is there any? Can you be in an normal state where it's natural as it can be where you're in the present moment or is everything mm-hmm. kind of fuzzy with?
0: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, a lot of lot of fuzziness. Yeah. I am present though. I do focus a lot. I do a lot of breathing techniques and stuff like that to try and bring me back to my senses, you know what I mean? Try and stay in touch with my senses a lot, you know? How's your sleeping? It's fucking mad, mad. Up at four <laughs> bells and stuff. I'm <laughs> not
1: <good. laughs> I'm laughing, because my sleep shit. Yeah, mine is. I- I'm up my missus will go off her head but i'll, I'll go to sleep at 10 but yeah. then i'm up at half 11 yeah and that's me to four yeah. yeah and then i'll go up i'll go up at seven it's all kind of broken up yeah mine is so sometimes i'll get a great sleep Mine's broke, i'll get yeah. a great sleep sometimes mm. and i'll wake up fucking tired yeah yeah yeah, that's me yeah yeah
0: mm. i'll sleep and the more i sleep the tired i get yeah mm. how's
1: the relationship with your missus now good good Very i know good. she's got her own struggles is that correct yeah we both
0: struggle yeah yeah, it is, it's hard, but it's good. We're working on the baby, do you know what I mean? We focus on our baby. We had a struggle keeping him. Social services jumped down our throats, mate. Oh. We had to cut big chunks of hair off us and all that. You know, they thought I was a drug and they thought she was crazy, you know what I mean? So they worked on us, made us, they thought she was taking drugs and then she had to prove that she wasn't. I had to prove I wasn't taking drugs, you know what I mean? They done a big air follicle sample test on us. That's us a good thing as well. Brilliant. To show that
1: they are... Cause I imagine imagine brilliant brilliant making addict. us jump
0: through oops to yeah. keep that baby mate you know what i mean i was proud that we was going to keep that baby the amount of things we did to keep that baby mm-hmm. worked hard to keep that baby honest did they still keep tabs on you every month for Nah, no no nah, nah. they signed us off within weeks they, they was was through a, right the way through a pregnancy excuse me right the way through a pregnancy and then soon as the baby was born they seen how she was they went right we want to get you off it straight away was off it in weeks which mm. was great amazing you know what I mean four or five months she was done signed off mm-hmm. the baby was four or five months old which was excellent innit
1: yeah because like I say as much as the child services they can be cunts but also another the hand, No, I think they're, good, they are, yeah. Yeah, they're looking after babies they're making yeah, yeah. sure to, that everything's yeah. run well because that's it people be giving but because the human trafficking stuff now people selling kids and I know it's worse innit it's it's heavy stuff it's a big business now. it's very easy on the internet yeah, as well yeah it's big it? business and fair play and that. that's how the uk we, we have got strict laws mm. obviously listen laws are there to be broken mm. in some ways but mm. when it comes to protecting children yeah i love it there needs to be as strict as it can be gotta be yeah and it's got to be because it, the strict. prison system's fucking terrible for sentences for sex cases yeah, of course it is, yeah. Do you know what i mean you're, like, not, you're
0: not getting punishment in
1: prison are you? Yeah. it's too easy
0: in it prison mm-hmm. like you're only losing your freedom that's the only thing you've lost nothing else i feel
1: how was it doing
0: your lad bible interview it was quite good, yeah. It was quite um, hard to do, hard. All of them are hard to do, you know what I mean? They're all hard to do, but I push myself to do them. Then butterflies is what I search for, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's my drug now—is them little butterflies. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, a lot of a lot of the future is brighter than it would have been. I'm glad. I'm glad to be alive. I thank my lucky stars. I'm alive every day, mm-hmm. but I just don't know what reason
1: I'm here for yet yeah but again your book how, how was it writing your book born in uh, prison make sure you listen i'm going to leave a link in the description so make sure you support marvin yeah he's trying to do the right thing support his family how was yeah. it writing your book so born Very, in prison how i yeah. survived shooting stabbings prison crack addiction manchester gangs and dog attacks what, yeah what dog you know,
0: attack I, my god mate i got i got um i was fucking <laughs> robbing drug dealers and robbing <laughs> robbing punters again and got the gang members me I went round to a gang member's uh, gang leaders fucking avenue where I got tuck in a car one day. Um, because I'd been robbing all the shots on the estate and I got tucked and he put an English bull on me and it chewed me to fuck. But that's not even the worst. One the worst one of the police. I was smoking crack in an empty building in the city centre one day. The police have come and I've panicked, think what, you know, I thought shit, I'm next, so I've tried to hide. And he put this big fucking hell station on me and it come and grabbed me from my leg here, from my thigh, and it pulled me out by my, my thigh, took half my leg with it, you know what I mean? Big scars on my legs where this big police dog ripped me to shreds. How many times have you been stabbed? A couple, yeah. I got stabbed in my leg, and I got stabbed here of my mate over a bleeding um, can of beer. Just because I wouldn't come by my cannabis he stuck a big knife in my side. Big, massive hole in my side there. But um, luckily, it didn't touch you know, uh, anything, you know, the mains and that. Any any or body organs. So I discharged. Well, I didn't even just I signed in, went to the main reception, went, Is this gonna kill me? Love sort of a nurse and she had a look at him went, No, it's not serious. I don't feel sweet, that's a do for me, I'm gone. it was fucked off. Mm-hmm. Went about a smoking crack. Mm-hmm.
1: Everything that you've been through and trying to find answers, trying to find your family. How was it when you, the, the kind of family thing kind of get put to bed and you're trying to become clean, you're trying to become a dad?
0: Mm, it's been hard, you know, it's been hard trying to um, just get everything right. Really just juggle everything. I'm not used to it. You know what I mean? I don't know how to build relationships. I don't know how to keep relationships. I'm not used to all that. You know what I mean? I'm just going with the flow here. Yeah? got a few lovely cousins who message me and you know, everything's nice.
1: Yeah, because it's sad to you've never been shown love. Yeah. From the day you were born, I mean, yeah. who's the first person to show you love?
0: My missus, probably.
1: Is that when you felt even because yeah. if I was in relationships, if people gave me love, I'd end them. Yeah, I think I was not worthy of it, or mm-hmm. I think they're going to leave anyway. Yeah. So I'd rather deal with the pain now than,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, I've been in I've, that. She's only my second ever serious relationship, anyway. You know what I mean? Like uh, my first one, I got a baby out of it, so. Then i got addicted to drugs so i didn't really have relationships you know what i mean for many many years and then just daft little so then when i got met carer that was my second serious relationship so i've had two relationships so and two kids out of both of them you know what i mean so i don't really not really knowledgeable in relationships as much you know what i mean how do you life keep, skills how do you how have you
1: kept in this relationship so long
0: <clears throat> um just being loyal and loving i think and just you know looking after each other you know what i mean because we've always looked after each other i mean she's been through some dreadful stuff things in her life you know
1: why she never left you
0: um i think because i'm such a nice person <laughs> yeah. that's what she said why she
1: hasn't <laughs> because being on it and the fuck-ups in the prisons it's an easy out for people yeah i know this relationship ain't going anywhere yeah I know. i'm out yeah do you feel blessed to have somebody that's yeah, the only person lucky. that's probably never left you yeah i'm very lucky yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah of course very very lucky um she's been through her own struggles as well but yeah it's good yeah she's the only person who's never left me so far yeah
1: how is it talking about your life i know it'll be tiring and it's
0: hard it's draining. not easy it's not easy but um it's therapeutic for me i feel like a benefit off it do you know what i mean i feel mm-hmm. like i empower myself every time i do it do you know what i mean and getting my story out there and people reading my story is really, really good to know, you know what I mean? How was it writing about? Were you nervous? It was hard as hell, yeah. It was very hard. Lots of many, many hours, nights and nights and nights, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So I had a really good editor called Victoria um, and we used to send tons of information to, you know what I mean? And then she'd chop a bit off it and tell me what was important and what not you know and then she's sending me back and then we'd work together you know what I mean so I've got to hand it to Victoria my wonderful editor for helping me get to where I am now yeah so, fair
1: play man congratulations thank you where do you go forward for the future man what's the plans um, do you have big visions I have
0: yeah I want to be telling the world my story and helping others and hopefully set up a charity you know what I mean to help abuse kids and stuff like that about, like that
1: what about speaking in schools and presents? all of that
0: yeah speaking yeah but what I i want to have people um other survivors speaking because i've done my speaking now i'd rather have a group of others who were willing to talk you know what i mean yeah
1: what's the biggest thing for someone to speak out
0: what do you mean what what's the
1: biggest thing because like you say it took you nearly 20 years yeah you've got to i think i think
0: what i'd urge people victims to go and report it now don't wait another minute and if and that secret shouldn't be shouldn't be chewing you up. It should be chewing the abuser, should be feeling it, not you. So you're being burnt off that secret, you know what I mean? You're letting it burn you from the inside out. Don't. Go and report it now and see what happens. and See how free you get off it. Mm-hmm. See how free it re- releases you off it. You'll see, you'll feel it. You'll feel released off it, you know what I mean? It'll set you free.
1: How can people contact you if they want to Looking for someone to speak to. It's been moving I'm always somewhere. available.
0: Instagram, Facebook. I'm there, mate. I'm there, yeah. Anyone can message me anytime they want. I'll always give them a minute if I can.
1: For anybody that's in this struggle now or battling with addiction, what advice would you have for you them? You can get out of it
0: straight away. Tell yourself. Don't be waiting for someone to tell you. You don't need anyone to tell you. You can tell yourself that you can change and you can get clean and your life will change. You'll see it happen if you tell yourself it's, you're gonna do it you'll do it
1: and for anybody that's
0: what to buy your book where can they buy it um it's available on amazon james um ten ninety nine 9.99 available on amazon or 4.99 on amazon kindle as well
1: marv listen mate i don't want to hold you back because i know you, you'll be tired mate but thank you for would you like to finish up on anything no no that's fine you're ready to roll mate yeah listen brother for coming on today and telling your story thank you very dark but i'm proud of you for trying to make the changes try to become a better person try to become a father it's not easy but you're doing it and like i say anything i can ever do in the future just drop me a message thank and i'll you, help james. out as much as i can Respectful. mate. listen all the best for the future thank mate. you very, very much mate
0: god bless you thank you james cheers Marv. cheers buddy thanks <music> Podcast Network.